Okay, wake up in the morning and I go and get the paper. Gotta get the paper. Every morning gotta go and get the paper. And a nice cup of coffee. Hey, Geek fans, here we are back for our spring semester season. We're talking Star Wars, Secret Wars, and what's coming up in 2016. Hey, Central Michigan University, this is Ben Solis. My name is Malachi Barrett. I'm Tyler Guza. And we have... Kelsey Cavazos. And we are the Raving Geeks. Welcome back, guys. Here we are, ready for our spring semester. Good to see you guys. Back for, what is it, season three we're calling season it now? Season 3.0, man. Yep. We're into it. You guys are looking fit, trim, you know? Seems like the holidays didn't really kill us, huh? Yeah, well, we got a, a note from the executives. We were all about 15 pounds overweight. Yeah. It was really hurting ratings, so we all got in the gym. Tyler can now bench over 400 pounds. It's pretty impressive. It's Pounded it super, out. He can actually lift us all, like, it's I rad. found out that... He actually has a crippling steroid addiction now as well. Yeah, so I got back acne like crazy. Guys. Taylor's not, or he's not, Tyler's not actually with us. He's uh, phoning in live from a penitentiary in yeah. Southern Los Angeles. We're where, all really concerned. Yeah. Slash rehab. He got into a bit of trouble, but we're back and we're we're doing episodes again. So thanks for being with us. And everything's fine, but uh, you know, despite Tyler having this uh, debilitating new addiction, uh, Tyler uh, had some fun over break. I didn't have much fun over break, but Tyler, what, what did you do? Uh, well, I decided uh, to drive across the United States, and I spent two weeks in California. Um, and while I was over there, you know, just hung out in the snow of Northern California. I actually didn't see snow this year until I got to California, which, yeah. wow. you know, you know, I guess that makes sense in some, you know, universe. But uh, I actually drove south into Southern California and hung out with David Griffin, who we interviewed a couple, you know, episodes ago. Classic. Had, had lunch with them down in Pasadena, and he's super cool when I met him in person, you know, so. What did you guys eat? Where'd you go? We went to this place called Conrad's, and it was kind of like a Midwest thing, and that's why he picked it, because it reminded him of the Midwest, because he grew up in Kalamazoo. Found that out. Get out of here, really? Yeah, he... he nice. <laughs> I'm from Battle Creek, which is like 20 minutes Yeah, so he, Kalamazoo. when he was a Bullshit. junior in high school, his family moved from New York to... Kalamazoo, so then hmm. you can't, that's why he knew about Central to come here and everything. What did, what did you order? Did they have a good menu there? Dude, I got this, like, it was like a chicken, uh, chicken corn on blue wrap or mm. something, but I got ranch instead of blue cheese, I'm not about that fungus, you know? You know, that, mm-hmm. you know? And it was, it was delicious. I actually didn't even finish my meal, um, but the leftovers were amazing. What did, what did you order? Uh, man, you got your details. Your you know, the steroids, they're really racking my brain here right now. Um, I know Mackenzie got a salad because she always gets a salad because, you know, she's a girl and Mackenzie thinks she's, like, getting a salad. I now. won't comment on that. But no, right. I know. Um, Whoa. Let me see. I'm trying to think of what he got. Oh, he got some soup. Some kind of soup. It's, like, his Pretty favorite basic. soup. Yeah. David Griffin likes soup, confirmed on the podcast. We well, my, my favorite part, when, you were, when he was telling us about this story the other day in the office, my favorite part is the fact that you had – Really, not only to to grapple with a long drive, but there was also like something else. That... <laughs> oh yeah, I actually left the night that Star Wars like came out, and I'm sitting here, and my girlfriend's dad was like, "Hey, maybe we'll be in like the backwoods in Nebraska and find some movie theater that no one's at, and we'll be able to get tickets, you know, opening night." Uh, that didn't happen. Um, actually, what happened in Nebraska was it was so windy, we thought we were going to be stranded in there for the rest of the week, but that's a whole nother. Story. They literally closed the highways. In yeah, Nebraska it was so windy was... they closed. They like shut the highway down and like gated off and you're not allowed to go through nebraska nebraska was like no way nebraska is awesome. <laughs> um, they shut the, the whole the, state the, down yeah. so plot just they were really just against Tyler. and then you know so i'm sitting there and i'm like i'm not going on twitter i'm not texting anyone because i don't want people to like come to me and be like hey did you see star wars that part was and the star wars was amazing i just i didn't talk to anyone so you were able to achieve like full radio i went i went thing. two weeks after the premiere of star wars and didn't hear a single thing um, That's incredible. Yeah. Um, it kind of helped, though, because when we were at my, my girlfriend's parents' house, uh, Mackenzie wanted to plug in this humidifier, you know, I guess because it's going you know, to help her sleep. She unplugged the entire internet in the house for what felt like four days. I think it was only like 24 hours. It was, it was but, like seven minutes. Yeah. So, you know, so from traveling and being out of internet, and I mean, I was in L.A. for two, three days, like right around where like, you know, this supposed scene is going on. And I didn't hear a single thing. There yeah. wasn't, like, an airplane flying down Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard that said Han Solo uh, dies or something? I'm assuming. Well, ooh. Yeah, jump, jump yeah. That. It's January 16th. Yeah, no. Hey, um, I just saw it today and managed to miss all spoilers. Yeah. We'll get to that. We finally, we uh, we took Kelsey actually just an hour ago, and we were all supposed to go, but somebody didn't make it, did they? Grandpa partied a little too much last night. <laughs> yeah, Grandpa was yeah. sleeping. 
Yeah. Grandpa was sleeping. He, he couldn't find his car last night. <laughs> so it was my third time seeing it. How, how many times did you see it? I saw it twice. You saw it twice? Yep. And Ben, you've seen it twice seen as well. It twice. Ben and I actually saw it on opening day when it came out here in Mount Pleasant. Which was glorious, by the way. It was, ama- it was a whole production. There was a costume contest. The owner came out, and he was like, thank you guys. Like, cinema's not dead. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Movies. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, the, you really felt the weight of the moment. Uh, but Kelsey actually managed to wait until January 16th today when we we're recording this on Saturday. Jesus. Not on purpose, I want to point out. That was not an intentional thing. By the way, how many movies have you seen in the past year? We talked about this. Recently. Oh, yeah, no, I thought about it later. I, I'd seen an, an, another one. So uh, I'm at a total of eight movies this year. She saw, she saw eight movies last year. <laughs> like, wait, like eight movies total, like, including, like, Oh, I'm going to sit down and watch a movie on Netflix. No, like, okay. new releases okay. in the theaters. Like, went cool. to the theaters yeah. to see a movie. Right. So she was behind. That's a little... You know what, though? You know, Kelsey, I, I don't... I'm not going to blame you for that, because movies are expensive. Movies are expensive. And we're, okay. like, starving college students, so... So you guys saw it. Yes. It's fresh in, it's fresh in Kelsey's mind. What did you think? All right, well, I personally felt that it was a great movie. Um, I'm impressed because I think it's really hard to start a new movie in a franchise and do it well, especially as you're the new director. There's like a lot of already um, well-established things, and it's really I think it's really hard to do well. Um, Even as far as like just the general look, like the cuts that they use, because like yeah. Star Wars has this weird thing where they use. Yeah, like, I know. I noticed it just today when they did the kind of like the zoom in cut, and yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't notice that the first time I saw it, and I was like that just brought me and way And they back. use, like, PowerPoint wipe cuts that yeah. like, go horizontally and vertically. <laughs> yeah. I think it felt like very a... much Star Wars. Yeah, which is hard to nail down, I think. I think so, too. And, like, there were very subtle things that I noticed that I really liked. Um, one of the things I noticed was, like, um, the First Order. Like, everything when, when you were around them, it was very stark, high contrast, like, colors. And, like, when we were with the Resistance, it was very, like, muted colors. And I really liked that. I thought that was interesting. It's more, like, earthy tones, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, uh, I have one complaint, What's and it's that? minor. Well, I, I don't know about minor, but my biggest complaint is I want more ladies. Really? You I guys, think, you guys, listen. It's a marked improvement, I will say that. I, it's, I, I'd agree. I think it's a great improvement. Yeah. Um, I think they did a, a really nice job of adding more female characters and not sexualizing them and not making it about the fact that they have boobs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Ray's, Ray like, almost completely covered. Like, she shows almost no skin. Yeah, and I think that's great. But when you when you really think about it, I was like waiting, and I was like, okay, when are they gonna get two females in one scene? Like, didn't it happen. It until, did. It didn't until yeah. yeah, and that was it. That was the only time. And when she says, like, may the force be with you, and that was it. And I was like, I want more. Yeah, they just kind of hug. Okay, well, this is what I'd like to talk about then, because we, I mean. Everybody has already pretty much seen this, and we've already done the reviews. We all liked it, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I definitely loved let's, it. Let's talk more about this, because there's a big argument going on online right now about how Ray was handled specifically. <sighs> yep. That's a big point for me, by the way. <laughs> Apparently not I am Tyler. so tired yeah. of this Mary Sue nonsense. <laughs> I, I cannot... Stand it, and if this is going to be my first rant of 2016, wow. I am ready. Okay. The views of Tyler Guza do not necessarily reflect the views of the racing. Tyler just out. Kelsey, first of all, I want to say I agree Jeez. with you about the girls. Like there needs to be more girl characters, and we're and I think we're going to be shaped because Felicity Jones is the star of Rogue One, female. Um, they've already said they're casting another female star to kind of get into Episode Eight. That I think is going to kind of replace Ray because she's off training with Luke. So yeah. they need to have another girl to hang out with Poe and with Finn. Well, what about the weird little uh, yellow Yoda And what person? about Maz? Yeah, well, Lapita Nyong'o is amazing. Yeah. And I don't think you get Lapita Nyong'o to play that character unless we're going to see her again. Same thing I kind of felt with Max von Sydow's character in the beginning. I don't think we'll see him. Well, he's dead. Well, he got killed. <laughs> I think that, I think that Mads Mikkelsen's character in Rogue One and Max von Sydow are the same character, just older and younger versions of each other. Am I, am I the only person that doesn't really care about... Rogue One. No, I don't care about it at all. It's no, I, see, I'm I'm most excited about Rogue One because uh, to me, this that's the movie that's going to decide if the Star Wars expanded universe thing is going to work. Well, because if people see that movie and they care about it, it's but okay, forget about that. I'm going back to the Mary Sue thing. Sorry, sir. sorry. No, it, it's cool. <sighs> a lot of what I'm going to base my reason why she's not a Mary Sue character, and for those of you who don't know what Mary Sue is, uh. You're not alone because I don't really know what it is, and I've just kind of looked it up because and not it's a character that's like 
she is like basically a plot device. The plot's heading in a direction, that character can do that. And I think like the male version is called like a, a Gary, Gary Sue. Gary Stu. Yeah. Well, okay, so it's, um, it comes yeah. from a, from fan fiction when people would write uh, like Harry Potter fan fiction, like they would write an extra chapter of the book or something. And a lot of times you would see people who would uh, write kind of wish fulfillment characters, like write mm-hmm. themselves almost into a book. So like a new character who is introduced to immediately, like everybody likes them and like they're really good at things and they don't have to struggle really hard and they also have like this sense of destiny because it's like a vehicle for the author to kind of like live in this world kind of. So that's that's what that term kind of means, mm-hmm. which is interesting because protagonists, especially kind of like blank slate white male protagonists in a lot of movies like like The Matrix and stuff like that, are that because they are supposed to be wish fulfillment characters. Absolutely. So it's, it's interesting why, it's to see this. It's why a lot this. of heroes are orphans because there's no background to them and you can put yourself into that character. Right. And here's, so I, uh, I've i been listening and, and watching a lot of stuff that like Max Landis does recently because ever since I saw the, the Death and Return of Superman little clip that he made mm-hmm. that, I, that I shared with you guys, I don't know, I just think he's kind of interesting. He's, he's a bit it, of a blowhard. but No, he... It, yes. it's the point, I love like reading his stuff, but I almost don't even want to like follow him on Twitter anymore because I'm kind of getting like tired of seeing him. But at the same yeah. time, I love reading. His he's stuff. doing a, he's doing a Superman run right now called American Alien, and uh, it's two issues in right now, and it's each issue is like a different point of Superman's life. It's kind of interesting. It's not great. So Max Landis isn't like the authority on any of this, is what I'm trying no. to say. But I think a lot of what his gripes are maybe not that hey, this shouldn't have been done, but maybe it should have been done in a more subtle way because I think a lot of what they did with adding uh, characters of color uh, and female characters and a lot of people are trying to make uh, Poe Dameron homosexual as well, they were trying to fix some of the errors with the original trilogy where it was pretty much just white dudes and and Leia. And Lynn Lando. Lando. Yeah, and Lando, Lando, which he better be in the next one. Like, I need I Billy so. D. Yes. And Billy D is like down for any. Like, he does the robot they, chicken they Star ask, Wars. They ask him about oh, yeah. it. He goes, mm, "You might see me." Oh, you know, he'll, like, he'll be in for sure. Do we have any petitions for Billy D out there? Have you seen anything? Dude, not, nobody, nobody interviewed him. Is it too late? As long as they don't turn him into Finn's dad. I, no, yeah, I don't know because that would aggravate me. Yeah, hamfisted at that point. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. Is it is it because it was done in a way that was too obvious, like, hey, we're going to give all these girls and all these women a character to really, like, rally behind and, like, feel that they're a part of this universe, and maybe it wasn't done the right way, is that... Well, see, I understand Tyler's, like, sentiment. I understand his gripe. However, I I don't agree with it as much as I understand it. I mean, she's the main character of the film. Right. I mean, let's... When we break it all down, like, all these other, like, characters that they pumped with all the promotions, Poe Dameron, Finn, all stuff, they're side characters. And as you get into the film, you start to realize very quickly that these are, are just set piece characters. That Ray is truly the one that's leading and driving the film. And like, even though she may not show up predominantly with the rest of the characters in Episode Eight, I mean, if you look at Empire Strikes Back, some of the most poignant points of that movie were Luke on his own with Yoda. Yeah. So if the poignant parts of the movie are Ray with Luke, I mean, that's perfectly fine. You're still moving her as a, as the titular character. Well, it is yeah. the hero's journey too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. I mean, the first time I watched it, I was I love Ray. I was like, this is great. And then I heard all these arguments. And then the second time I saw it, it started to kind of bug me a little bit. And then today I thought about it a little bit more. And I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna call her Mary Sue or say she's not valid as a character. Yeah, not either. But there are some things that it's like, you can tell that they were they were really trying to like give people what they wanted. And it wasn't as subtle as maybe it could be. Like, well, like yeah, the stuff with, like, don't saying. grab my hand and everything. And it's, like, it was... some of the dialogue that way and how she immediately, like, is really good at everything. And the one thing that really bugs me more, more than anything else, everything else is fine in the movie. But when she learns the mind trick really fast, that, that was kind of weird. See, and, then, and that's what people, it was like, she could do everything. She could fix things. She could fly. She could fight with a lightsaber. She could blah, 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 blah. If you look past that, you have to look into the story that you're being told. And it all makes, like, to me, it all makes sense. And like I said, this is speculating. So no, to me, Ray is Luke Skywalker's daughter. Until someone tells me she's not, that's what I, that's what I'm going off of. Might I add, though? Okay, so leading up to all of our our Star Wars stuff, Tyler had been beating this drum for the longest time that yeah. Kylo yeah. Ren was the son of Han Solo. Yeah, and we well, all looked at him in the face. I didn't want to say I told you so, but when I don't when, think I said anything. No, but I when I when I was watching the movie the first time, I'm that's not kidding. I'm sitting in a movie theater in Placerville, California. And they go, your father, Han Solo. I about did a 
freaking front flip. And wa- I wanted to text you guys and be like, suck it. Like, yeah. seriously, yeah. I was like, yeah. I, When it did happen and we were in the theater together, I don't know if we looked at each other or not, but I kind of was just yeah, like, that's Yeah, like, look at each other and you're bitch. just like, you wink at each other, like, you know. At the end of the movie, we walked up, we were kind of just talking about it, and I looked at him and I was like, God damn it, Tyler was yeah. right. I'm so upset. Yeah. Can I say one thing about uh, Kylo Ren? Yeah, totally. What a piss baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. See? No, it's such... You leave that piss baby alone. I like Kylo Ren. He was, like, my favorite part of the movie. The reason I liked it so is because tough. in all the Star Wars, the three trilogies, you've always had a Skywalker. And they said this movie's about a Skywalker, which is another reason why I think Rey is a Skywalker. Because it, the saying. movie's always been about yeah. a Skywalker in the from, on the light side fighting to not join the dark side. This is the first time we've seen a Skywalker like descendant on the dark side trying to not to join the light side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it just, to me, it was kind of like, and almost like the like the two characters are the same looking in a mirror at each other because Kylo Ren, someone who doesn't have all this power and wants it, Ray has all this power and almost she doesn't want it. She has to embrace it at the end of the movie in their like polar opposites and their cousins. Yeah, you know. So she's badass though. No, I like people complain that like Luke like sucked. Luke was like a whiny bitch for the entire. For most of the trilogy, it runs. Really, in, it runs in the Skywalker he, family. He lost almost every so it fight makes sense he was in. Kylo Ren. Pretty much. But I don't think that that makes him a better character than Ray because she's better than him at stuff. I think just think that you know. And this is kind of a question I have for you though. If if Kylo Ren is a Skywalker descendant, is there a necessity to have a second Skywalker descendant be that main focus of the Force? Yes, because I think had Kylo Ren not killed Han Solo in this movie, I would not think that Ray is a Skywalker. Because we always say you need a Skywalker to do a balance of the Force. Now, like I said, I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But to me, when Kylo Ren killed his father, that was him going to the dark side. There's going to be no redeeming this character. If they redeem Kylo Ren in the second movie or the third movie, I'm going to be upset. It'll ruin it. I don't think they will. And I think if – let's think about it. If Rey's not Luke's daughter and she's, she's either just some random person, which I'm totally fine with, who's super strong in the Force, I, she was definitely trained – which I think she was there when Kylo took over and Luke sent her, you know, they sent her away. And another reason why is because like you kept seeing Han giving her these little looks. Han knew who she was. There was a scene in the, in, in the new cantina, as I like to call Miles Kanata's little palace yeah. where she's like, who's that girl? And they cut away on purpose. And that's where Han says, that's Luke's daughter. Like he knew who she was. He was like, Oh, like this girl's good. Like, what they say about Luke Skywalker? He was the best pilot ever until my man Poe Dameron showed up. First, gunslinging Poe Dameron, yeah, man. Dude, <laughs> such a badass. That first line, that part two, I first him, line, dude. when he's like, so is this where you talk or is, do I talk? I was just like, yup. I just love it boy. when he's yeah. just like smoking TIE fighters. on he like 10 and 37. Yeah, and they're like, who's that pilot? Oh, man. Poe Dameron's son. I'd like to go to, to a casino with Poe Dameron. I, I, honestly, like, I, I bet he wins big I want, slots. I, 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 yeah. I, my goal in life is to have Mackenzie look that's at exactly me like Poe Dameron looks at BB. <laughs> like, that's what I want in my life. Like Because yeah. I'll never have the bromance that he and Finn have together. So I just want someone to look at me the way that he looks at what me. What did you think about, uh, about Carrie Fisher, about Princess Leia's screen time? I feel like she was pretty underutilized, too. I, I think she's coming up, though. I, yeah, I, my hope is that they utilize her more. Um, I am a huge fan of Carrie Fisher. Um, I like that she's outspoken about uh, problems in Hollywood, especially with how they treat females. And I really like that she's a huge advocate for um, mental illness. I think that's super important to have somebody who's, um, you know, easily recognizable that, that's talking about these kind of is- issues. So, I, like, I'm a huge Carrie Fisher fan, so I really hope that they utilize her more. I understand why they didn't, um, even though I'd like to see it, but... She was a side character, and she was one of the nostalgia characters, right? Yeah. Obviously, like someone like Han Solo, if since Han Solo is so deep into the story of the film, obviously we saw that because there's a huge, you know, conflict between Kylo and Han. Right. But as aside from that, Carrie Fisher was another one of these things that was just a nostalgic set piece, which I understand is cool. I want to yeah. see her have an interaction with Kylo Ren, though. I need that's something that I think would I'm be sure really that's coming down the line. Yeah. And and speaking of interaction, that was like some of my biggest qualms with the movie. You know, I told I told Malachi about it. Like, the scene where you had the stormtrooper with that like sonic baseball bat, yeah. that should have been Captain Phasma. Because in the canon, we found out that Captain Phasma actually helped train Finn, and that's why she was all about like, no, he would never turn. Like, check his blaster; he fired shots. You know, um, and I think I've been more powerful, especially because if she trained Finn and she can use this bat to fight off a lightsaber, it would explain why Finn 
could pick up a lightsaber and not bumble and stumble around with it. Because yeah. if I pick up a lightsaber, first thing I do is cut my hand off. Well, I give her some more stuff right. to do too because yeah. marketing screwed up on this and, movie and making and, us think that she would be a major character. And I, I, yeah. I wanted more. I thought she would be huge. And like yeah. I said, you know, you want the Leia and the and the Kylo Ren. I wanted Han Solo and Kylo Ren. Yeah. You know, they, they're just to. When I first saw the movie, I saw the death coming. Well, yeah, I think everybody And yeah. when it happened, I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. But it, to me, it just didn't have the impact of, like, there was really nothing leading. Just you had one scene where Leia's like, get our son back. And he's like, because before that, he literally just said before that, like, our son's gone. He's not coming back. And then Leia said, if you find our son, bring him back. And then he kind of is like, okay, I can bring him back. And he, you know, he ends up dying. But I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more there to kind of build up to you know, because like you say, he's a crybaby. But think about it, you know. I believe the word she used was piss baby. Well, you know, I'm. I'm well, not these are. You know what? These are. If, yeah. if our major problems in the movie yeah. is that we wanted to see more of different things, yeah. like that's right. not. That's a good problem to have. I agree. You know. Yeah. So I just. I, was there I, was there anything else on your list that you wanted to to touch uh, on, Kelsey? Anything that struck you in particular? I really like um, Captain Phasma's armor. I yeah. think there's a big thing in Hollywood to over-sexualized armor with women, and I think that they did a great job because when they do that, it renders armor useless. <laughs> like, yeah. what is the point of that? There it's was not no, armor at that point. And there, I like that they gave her real armor. They didn't give her, like, weird stormtrooper booby armor? Yeah. If, yeah. if, she, if she didn't talk, you wouldn't have known it was a girl. I was thinking, though, like, how many... What a bitch that must be to clean that, like, chrome. Because oh, yeah. every time somebody puts a hand, like, fingerprints are getting stuck on there and, and like, smudges all over the place. Well, you know, she looks like a boss, man. Yeah, she was pretty cool. The backstory on that armor, did you read this? No. Is that apparently she had forged that armor from the Naboo ships. Oh, that's the, cool. The ancient, the ancient Republic ships. Yeah. So the, apparently the one that she used was the one that carried Palpatine across the stars. It was, like, an wow. homage to the old... Uh, that's pretty badass. That is yeah. badass. So... Uh, uh, you know what I thought about just now that I didn't think about the, the two times I watched the movie. You will, we will never see Han Solo and Obi Wan together, or not Obi Wan. I keep saying Obi Wan. He's my favorite character. And Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. They yeah. weren't together in that movie. They're not gonna, you know, and now they won't. Be. That kind of bums me too because yeah, I, I don't have a big impression of their friendship in my mind yeah. anymore. And it would have been nice yeah. to like. He was just kind of ah, like, hey, you son of a bitch, how yeah. you doing? You know, yeah. like we went through some it's stuff. His brother-in-law, pretty much. I just oh, yeah. assumed they got married. There but. was that one moment though where he paused, like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I knew, I knew you. Yeah, but he's off been doing his own thing for a while. Okay, Star Wars, completely delivered on expectations. I think most people, I think almost everybody's satisfied with this movie. I think this yeah. movie will be better when the next one comes out because right. we're going to see how some of these things they set up pay off. Which is really, it makes it a shame uh, when you have these big shared universes and you see one do so well mm. and another one just completely fall on its face. I believe we have a new Segway King. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? That was a good segue. I've been practicing. The master of segways. i got to give it to Malachi. Oh, I've been sitting across the table from this guy watching segways get lined up <laughs> with such perfect accuracy. It's so good to be back. I had to do it. Uh, Secret Wars. Secret mm. Wars. Sound like a broken record. I've been saying, hey, we're going to talk about Secret Wars for like six months now. This is good, though, because I've been waiting for this conclusion for a long time. So I'm excited to hear what Malachi has to think about Super- Secret Wars. So go, go, buddy, go. I, I don't even... see the excitement in it. I really don't even want to talk about the plot that much. Okay, that's fair. Because it gets very convoluted. I don't want to explain it. It's it's not even that great. I don't know. It's a cool premise, execution-wise. It's building this, or it's finishing this really long uh, story that Jonathan Hickman's been building in Avengers and New Avengers for like 10 years now, which is really great stuff. Like, go back and read it. Especially, uh, I'm trying to think... uh, of the storyline where Thanos like invades the Earth. Anyway, that was every Marvel Infinity. Ever. Infinity was really good, and I think they might take some of it for Infinity War. Cool. Um, so he had the seeds of all this stuff and Illuminati building on forever. So I don't think it ever would have really uh, resolved itself the way that you wanted it to. But the thing got delayed. It it shipped like way late. There was one issue coming out a month. It was supposed to be resolved, I think, in like November or December. Yeah, because we've been talking about this for a real long time. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know, it just, it was disappointing. Because we're basically, we're on uh, the third issue now of all these rebooted storylines, and we didn't really know what, what was canon and what wasn't canon because they took some things out and brought some things in, and now different characters are living on, in the same universe that used to be in different universes, and it's like, it's still very confusing. It feels really, to me, Marvel's way of getting on board with the Disney movies and kind of trying to normalize things to where the movie audience is aware of them. That sucks. 
Yeah, which is kind of a bummer for a lot of these like long running storylines like this. It was look, it, it was done with justice. It wasn't done, I think, in the new fifty two way, which was just kind of like abrupt and weird all of a sudden. Let's make everybody younger and mess with their stories. Yeah, like this has kind of been telegraphed, like I said, for like ten years now, universes have been getting destroyed in the Marvel universe, and you're like, Oh my god, there's the potential that everything could get like completely wiped out and changed and everything. And the structure should be interesting. Um it's, it got to the point where they released uh, Secret Wars 2, T-O-O, which was a joke comic. God damn. They released a gag comic basically making fun of themselves for screwing this up so bad and, and having it come out late. And, uh, and the best thing is Dr. Doom and, and Jonathan Hickman, I think Hickman actually wrote his little section of it, and he's just like trying, he's like apologizing to Dr. Doom for like screwing this up because it was Doom's like big chance to like be at the center of this big event, and Doom is like telling him to like, to die and everything. I don't know. It was pretty funny. That was probably the best part of Secret Wars, honestly. The art was really great throughout. Um, it was just too much. I mean, by the time I got back into it, after waiting for these issues to come out, I had forgotten too much of the intricacies of the plot to really, like, enjoy it that much. So, anyway, it was a failure. It was a failure, I, I have opinion. A, I have a question for you, though. Yeah. So, I've been wanting to get into the Marvel comics, but I wanted to wait until the Secret War is done. And I read by yeah. trade, so I was like, oh, I can pick up the trade of Secret Wars because of the couple single issues I read. Some of them were really good at making it like, hey, if you didn't read Secret Wars, that's okay. And then some were like, I felt like I was lost because I didn't read it. They do a lot. I mean, they do a fair amount of exposition drops and, like, trying to explain, but it's just, it is it is a lot. So, so, like, you need to almost read it in, like, So, would sitting. you say wait till the trade comes out and read it all at once before getting into the new Marvel stuff, or I could kind of figure it out? No. I mean, the whole point of this re- reboot kind of was, like, to give everybody a fresh start. So, if you okay. jumped on the new stuff now, you'd be pretty much right, cool. good to go. Yeah. Because gotcha, that's the big caveat with world building, right? Or re-world building, yeah. for that matter. So, it gets all messed up. So, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Marvel survived. Jump back on the new stuff. They're doing some interesting stuff with Spider-Man and, and Iron Man. I haven't really read any of the other trades. The uh, X-23, the female clone of Wolverine, is now like Wolverine because Wolverine's dead. So she's got an ongoing series, and that's pretty decent. It's okay. The, the Inhuman stuff's awesome. Yeah, that's what you were saying, too. I don't yeah. really I don't really screw around with Inhumans, but, you See, know. that's what I, I said. I don't mess with that, but, man. But, uh, you know, it's it's really uh, Charles Soule's writing them, and it's really good. I... If Lemire and I can't remember the other guy who's writing the other X Men run don't have like are not on the top of their game, I could see the Inhumans taking over. I've kind of I've been off capes for a little bit actually. My my favorite stuff of twenty fifteen uh, for comic books were pretty much all like Image and, and third party stuff. Yeah, I, li- I liked all Vertigo's new stuff that they're yeah, putting Vertigo. out. Uh, Sex Criminals was really great. Amazing. Anything Matt Fraction does is hilarious. Yep. He did Superior Foes of Spider Man and, and a really good Hawkeye run that I'm excited to start pretty soon. Uh, Bitch Planet is really awesome. Yeah, you too. were really excited about that, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, uh, I think it's only on issue four or five, so it hasn't gone like super into it yet. But it's like, it's like uh, a world where like the hetero patriarchy is like cranked up to twelve. So like all women who aren't uh, compliant, who aren't like uh, subservient to men, and like stay in line and like look pretty and smile and all that stuff, get sent to a prison planet called Bitch Planet. Uh-huh. So it's just like a bunch of like pissed off feminists on a planet together and they're like trying to revolt and take over so it's pretty entertaining that's pretty great southern bastards is really good um i'm not trying to sound edgy like i realize all these titles have sex <laughs> bastards and bitch in it but i only read independent comics the fcc is going to be on me for swearing so much in this episode Maybe a little bit. um but that's really great too that's about a uh kind of like a walking tall type mm-hmm. of situation where like a southern corruption is is gone crazy and there's a there's a football coach that like is doing all this dirty deeds. Always a football coach doing some dirty deeds. Yeah. Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> well, not, Whoa. not those. Whoa. Wow. Thanks. What was your favorite stuff of, uh, of 2015, guys? Pretty much along the same lines. A lot of Vertigo image stuff. Um, I'm reading something called Seven Seal right now. It's really cool. I'm reading Red Thorn right now, which is really cool. Um, it's kind of a vampire story, and I really like vampire stories. But it's really well done. Uh, the art is fantastic, by the way. Um, I kind of loosely know the artist on Facebook. We're Facebook acquaintances. Wow, mic drop. <laughs> Name drop, really. Um, but yeah, Marie Hetrick, she's really good, um, and I just really enjoy her work, so I'm reading that. Um, there's a book called Material. It's more of like a mini-series as well. Um, Fight Club 2 is still fantastic. Yeah, you know what? I, when I was in Petoskey for the summer, I was buying that, I, um, and then I, I just stopped. 
when I got up here. I don't it's, know. I'm just going to pick the whole thing up. The covers for that are really cool. That's why I wanted to buy each issue. The art is fantastic. The fact that they, I mean, I just think it's really cool that of all the things that Chuck Palahniuk could have done to follow up that story, write another book, make another movie, just fresh out, he decides to do a comic book. And that's just, I don't know, it's so innovative. And the, the art is really fantastic on the, yeah. the cover and inside, too. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on. Is that almost done? That's almost wrapped it's up, isn't it? getting close. Yeah, I think it's only, well, it's, no, it's 12 issues, isn't it? So it's like halfway. Yeah, the trade should be here in the next, I don't know, what, three months or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you, you think, Zadar? What was your favorite stuff? Well, I'm, as far as comics go, I didn't read a lot of stories just because, uh, like I said, I read by the trade. So I read like one or two issues, and I go, I like this. I'm going to wait. Uh, Batman Europa. Mm-hmm. The first, I, that was like, if there was ever one that I would have probably continued to issue by issue, it would have been that. Um, it's just a really cool story. Batman's dying of some disease, thinks the Joker's involved, goes and finds the Joker. Joker has the disease as well, and the Joker and the Batman have to team up to try to save themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. I read that with you, and that yeah. was fantastic. Um, Jim Lee's on the art, and he he's on top of his game in that. I mean, it's just it it's just fun. I just sat there and looked at the pages. Um, yeah. Like I said, a lot of the Vertigo, those their miniseries, um, they're all kind of like horror-based, um, so that that's kind of something I really was getting into were those. Like I said, the Inhumans I read. Um, I read the new, the first issue of Daredevil, um, the new run. That kind of, that was really cool. And I noticed I was reading a lot of the same authors, not by choice. I was reading a lot of Charles Soule, a lot of Scott Snyder. His, I was reading a lot of his independent stuff, like Witches and American Vampire and stuff. I didn't mean to get into Witches. You were telling me about that. I, I have it. You can borrow it. The Wake was really cool, especially if you like Bioshock, the game, get uh, The Wake. It's like a sci-fi if Waterworld, the movie, was good kind of thing mixed with, like, what the abyss. Pitch. Yeah, no, Yikes. I'm all about selling it. Um, so, like you're all about Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, oh, my gosh. Yeah. One of my um, professors had a Waterworld uh, reference drop in one of my classes. Are you serious? Yeah, because I'm taking an anthropology human origins class right now. Clearly a Waterworld I saw that origins. on the and, big screen there. Well, they were, the class. I saw an advertisement for that class. Yeah, well, yeah. they were talking about evolution, and she was talking about, you know, if – Basically, the premise for Kevin Costner being able to develop gills, and it was a little ridiculous. <laughs> I was probably the only person in the class who enjoyed the reference. Where, where, something not, it wasn't from 2015, but I started reading it in two, 2015, was Lock and Key. Um, that comic's amazing. It's like there's a house with a bunch of doors, and there's a set of keys, and each key does something different. It's like three kids trying, they're connected to this house, and their family's connected to the house, and they're trying to figure out the mystery behind the house and the keys. Hmm. So if you like mystery stuff, that's pretty cool. If you like keys. Yeah. And you like houses. <laughs> Nothing gets me going like a set of keys. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's uh, good stuff that we're reading. That's great. You can probably find all of those at the Hall of Heroes. Right. You know, go to Michael's shop, and uh, I'm sure you can hook you up with all those books. Spend, spend plenty of dollars and doll hairs. And, and while you're there, seriously, Ben and I can vouch for this. When you're there, don't just go there and buy a book. Actually start talking to Mike because Absolutely. he has some of – and I'm not just saying this because he's a sponsor and signs my checks, you know. Um he has some of the funniest stories. Oh, he does. There, there was one day he got off on this rant, and I don't want to go into it. Yeah, we'll, that, we'll leave it alone. That's but... his story to tell. Ben and I were hysterically laughing. And he was dead serious, Like, too. I mean, and it, it, was, it was great, dude. It was really funny. What was he mad about? Oh, uh, You don't have to get into it. I just okay, want to know the Well, topic. here's the thing about Michael is that he's such a mild-mannered guy, right? He's, yeah. he's, so, he's so personable. Like, he, he's the first guy that if you're walking around and you're silent in his store... I mean, obviously, he's looking to see if you're going to steal anything. But he <laughs> comes up to you, and he starts talking to you about what, what you're into. And within, like, five minutes of talking to the guy, he knows exactly what you want to read. He'll point you to something really cool. And uh, he's never given me a recommendation that I didn't like. Exactly. Yeah. But, but aside from all of that, aside from all that, there are just things that get on that guy's nerves, which are just ridiculously hilarious. It's like listening to Dante and um, what's, his, what's his name from Clerks. The I'm, guy. I know. I'm just gonna let this slight <laughs> you up for a second. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm tired today. But anyway, it reminds me. It reminds me of any like great Kevin Smith dialogue. <laughs> just of just yeah, I just yeah. give up. Yeah. Why don't you go? Why don't you go hang out for another hour after you know midnight? Yeah, yeah. I've gotten like five hours of sleep. Yeah. Well, let's take a little break then, because Ben's getting a little tired. I'm We're gonna jumpy. come back in a minute. We're gonna talk about best stuff of 2016. What's coming up? Uh, maybe get into Oscars a little bit, Tyler, because you were you were talking about your off a little bit about yeah, Oscars. Yeah, I, I could talk about the Oscars. That's a whole other podcast. I could probably talk, talk about the Oscars forever. The uh, the answer is Randall. <laughs> Ran- yep, Rand- there you go. Yeah. Ha! <laughs> and with that, we'll take a break. Wake up in the morning and not go and get the paper. Gotta get the paper. Hey guys, this episode of Raving Geeks has been sponsored by the Hall of Heroes. 
Located in Campus Court next to Subway, the Hall of Heroes is open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Visit their website at www.hallofheroesllc.com and let the Hall of Heroes become your go-to comic book destination. My synopsis is real, never had that old team Dixie feel with cats who make waves and aptly get a 360 deal. Hey guys, we are back, and uh, now we're going to move on to the, the new year. It's 2016. I'm pretty happy about that. It's been a rough start to 2016. We'll talk more about that at the end of the episode, because it's a little sad. It's a little bummer. But we will uh, digress to the good stuff. we got a lot of good stuff coming, guys. Like, a lot this of is going to be a so good true. year. This, this is the year of the geek, man. This is the year of the it geek. Is. We have Batman versus Superman. Dun, dun, dun. Dawn of Justice. Yes. We have Deadpool. Fantastic. Oh, yes. We have Captain America Civil War. Yes. All three of those off the top, we've already seen a pretty decent amount of maybe mm-hmm. what we're going to get, and sure. they all look pretty solid, right? That they oh, do. Yeah, I, I think that they do. Yeah. I'm excited for sure. X Men Apocalypse. First trailer came out. Looks pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, not bad. I'll take it. Suicide Squad. I'm not really interested in that, but it should uh, be a new trailer's dropping a couple days I'm for Suicide Squad, too. Really excited. It was sold from the minute I saw that yeah. trailer. That they could, they could do it for you. Finding Dory. <sighs> Follow-up to the, the classic Finding Nemo movie? Are you serious? Yeah. You know what? It is probably a little too late for that. But it's Ellen DeGeneres is delightful. Dude, we just got a Star Wars movie again. Like, anything can happen. It's, it's never too late. And, really and a Rocky part. sequel. You know what? You know what we really need, guys? We need Cars 4. Cars 4, oh, for sure. Yep. yep. It's about time. Let it rest. We're finally getting Incredibles 2 because they decided to stop making stupid Cars movies. So let's yeah. not even mention it. That should be pretty good. Incredibles doesn't get enough credit, I think, for helping. It's the greatest movies. Fantastic Four movie we've ever gotten. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It they really, that's really, yeah. 100% accurate. We have Rogue One, which is now called Rogue One colon A Star Wars Story. Yeah. Which is pretty lame. Just trying to separate it from the actual canon. That's another one I'm a little worried about. We'll see. I don't want to have too much. I know we just talked at length about how we want more Star Wars, but, but I just we really don't. Want I more worry Star Wars. about the value being diluted with spinoff movies. And there was a short list for Han Solo actors that came out the other day that my friend sent me, and I just like almost vomited. Taron Egerton, I'm saying it. I, I would. I don't want that at all. All of them look bad. Star Trek Beyond is coming out. Yeah. As a big Star Trek fan, eh. Yeah. Not, uh, Dude, uh, it, had, it had Beastie Boys in the trailer. Come on. It had you... Beastie Boys in the first trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. worried about this. Yeah, no. Um, it looks, looks stupid. I, I, that movie was dead to me when uh, Simon Peck came out and said, yeah, I wrote the first script, and they told me to rewrite it because it was too much like Star Trek. Yeah, and I was just like, Ooh. what? <laughs> like my brain locked yeah, up. I don't even know what Yeah, a lot think. of people aren't like super happy. Or not happy, but excited. excited. Idris Elba's yeah. the, the villain, which I'm really, oh, really? excited that's about. Cool. That's like kind of cool. You, yeah, expect, I, the last thing I've seen him in was Beasts of No Nation. Which was that's, awesome. That's a movie and a half. Man. Which was snubbed by the Oscars, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we, we should we, talk about that. A little bit later in we'll this get, episode. We'll too. get into we'll get that. To that. But I will digress with the with the Star Trek Beyond thing. Without J.J. Abrams at the helm of this thing, I think it's going to do awful. I'll be very honest. I was very excited for this for this prospect of Abrams not being there, that they could kind of do more Star Trek kind of stuff. But even what Tyler just said, the fact that they're not going down this like hard Star Trek vein anymore. Not interested. Not, yeah. It'll, it'll be nice because it's like a new mission and it's not like they're trying to redo a, a storyline or something. We also have Ghostbusters, the female-led Ghostbusters coming out. I'm super excited for that. I'm riding the fence. I saw some of the character posters. They're a little overdramatic for their own good. Overdramatic? Yeah. Well, did you hear what the, the, the new premise of this is? Is that they, they're fighting ghosts from New York's history, like historical figures that like, are like evil. Who? I don't know, like... I, I mares <laughs> See, but the thing is, in Paul Feig, I trust. I do too. He, I love- he writes and directs female-led comedies better than anyone else. Bridesmaids was brilliant. It was. It, yeah, Bridesmaids is great. So I, I really hope it's okay. But just the you know, I was I was so excited even just when this whole thing was like crashing down around the internet. You know, I was like, I'm still I still believe I'm still a believer. And the more and more I hear about it, my faith is wavering, and that's awful. Bill Murray liked it. Do you not believe in Bill Murray? I do believe in Bill Murray, but okay. Enough said. I just don't know what to do it. Enough said. Also in comedy, we have Zoolander 2. Which is, yes. yes. Yeah. 
so yeah, good. I mean, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see that, and then Deadpool. I'm gonna do a double feature because they come out on the same day. Ooh. I think they come out. The, it's either same day or same weekend. No, that's that's a true love experience. Yeah. Taking your your prospective wife or girlfriend or baby's mama to uh, Deadpool and to <laughs> hey, or mama's baby, mama's that, baby, for him all. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, I. <laughs> you know what else I was really excited for that we saw the trailer for today? Independence Day Resurgence. God, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely not. It was maybe it was just a really well cut trailer then because I feel at this time when we're very divided as a nation as a world that speech you need a movie like independence were so hard during that speech in that yeah, trailer dude. i'm not even ashamed to admit it yeah yeah so what you're saying is that in, in dark times he was titillated yeah. we all need to rally behind jeff goldblum i think i think i think i think if they do this right people will respond to this movie because you need to ha- sometimes have these things where you can hate something that's not a human you know yeah. what I mean? Like you need you need all of humanity to come together, and this is like you mean like Donald Trump. A good time for us to have this. <laughs> Wait a minute, is Donald Trump Jeff Goldblum? No, no but you said something saying, that's no. not a human, and I said you know. But. Anyway, the trailer looked really good. You're right. That speech got me. Yeah, got me cut in glass. Oh yeah. No, seriously, I was like like. Had I known we that were you were had I known that you were feeling as hard as I was feeling, yeah. I'd have been like. Chest bumping, dude. I should have like, just like bumping. Back, they were actually feeling each other up. It was I wish really I would have slipped a hand up there, just to heavy engage. breathing, you know. <laughs> but I will wow. say the one thing that kind of I'm worried about is that ship, and they do say, "Wow, that's bigger than the last one." If that thing crashes into Earth, we're dead. Right? How did that not throw off the gravity <laughs> like, of the entire planet? We're dead if that thing hits. There's us. a weird trend in not movies now where it's like they did this in Star Wars too, where it's like it's a twist on the old thing, but it's bigger. bigger. My dad is a huge Independence Day fan. Well, who yeah. isn't? It's one of his. I'm not. Yeah, I think you're talking about communists aren't a fan of Independence Day. Let's just break this down for you guys. My dad's favorite movies are Independence Day and Con Air. <laughs> that second Get was your hand hard choice. Oh, yeah, real, real hot choice. <laughs> maybe, maybe Die Hard in a close three, but yeah, Con Air and Independence Day. So he's he's going to be ecstatic for this. I just don't. Why? Who needed this? Who needed nobody? Give me this? I didn't know I needed it until I saw the trailer. <laughs> so, speaking of trailers, something I didn't, I, I I still know I don't need is the Warcraft movie. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead stupid. because Malachi had had another physical reaction to this trailer, but it was much. The nipples were erect, and then they just kind of like went back in. Do they, like, they go back in, or yeah. do they flop down? Yeah, they, just, like, they, they just stayed the same length. They just kind of drooped. <laughs> <laughs> they, they look like little tongues. Like, yeah. oh, oh, God, why are you Jesus making this so visual? <laughs> Tongue nipples. You've heard it here first on the Raven Geeks. Warcraft looks weird, man. Yeah. And and I told you, if they would just do like they did in the first Lord of the Rings movies and just make them people in the orc costumes, I'd be more into it because it has the I Am Legend effect where it's so CGI that I'm not – there's no like my brain, tension there. My brain doesn't know how a 450-pound orc person moves in the real world. So when I see that CGI, it just – it takes me out of it and makes me it's just weird and then there's the one or girl because they're literally who is not cgi yeah and then there's like basically a gamora orc who's just like basically a, a white girl with like big teeth or something like she yeah. just looks and of course she's the love interest it just it's weird too because it's like this like beasts versus men and it's kind of racial too for some reason for me i got this weird feeling what do you have against white girls with big teeth well, why are you taking it too? <laughs> they, the fact that they don't have they don't have a lot of gums. Look. I don't know. Yeah. Moving on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried to help you out there, Malachi. And I just I, I kind of I, I went from your side to Ben's side. Yeah. You should have seen his face. His face just dropped. Like yeah. I, was, I I just don't I don't care about Warcraft. You didn't play. No, I, I me neither. Video game movies in general just kind of. That suck. being said, though, I've not seen a single scene. From Assassin's Creed, all I've seen is the picture of Michael Fassbender in his like costume, and I am way more excited for that movie. Mm. But I mean, I that's just—it's a video game movie, so until I see it do good, it's going to be terrible. Kelsey, are you excited for uh, for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them? That's a Harry Potter dope joint. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I don't know. That's I, a J.K. Rowling joint. <laughs> I I'll be honest, I haven't really looked that much into it. I don't know. Yeah. I, it, the trailer captured the tone, but it didn't really show a lot. And I, I don't really like Red, Eddie Redmayne. I watched a Danish, yeah. I watched a Danish girl, and that movie to me could have been way better. That's you know we're talking about like ham fisting things. Mm. That movie, that's mm. what that movie was. Ham. Yeah. Don't so. get your don't get your fist hammed. Yeah. For me, this movie is something that I like. I haven't watched the trailer, and the reason being, I'm gonna go see it for sure. 
But I don't want to know anything before I go into it. I, I'm, David Yates is directing it. He did amazing on the last couple movies. And I'm excited to see a prequel that's so far ahead of the other movies that there's no, no way Harry, service. like, there will be no Harry Potter. His, yeah. I don't think his mom and dad are alive. Nope. Voldemort's not alive. So it's, you might see Dumbledore, maybe. Yeah. But that, like, that's like, that's what I'm saying. That's the only thing that, and that's what I'm excited it's about. It's got kind yeah. of a cool I, setting. It's, yeah. It's like industrial I New want York. It to be, I want it to be really yeah. good. Which, like, American Wizards about damn time. Yeah. Right? Thanks, guys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Nope. No. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> no. Uh, Casey Jones, man. Casey Jones is K- in that? Steven Your boy? Case, yeah, He's Canadian. Boy. I mean, they, they went and got a Canadian guy to play yeah. a hockey player superhero. The trailer okay? trailer, trailer looks pretty Hunt. good. Yeah. Krang is in it. Krang, that's going to be kind of cool. Confirmed Krang. Bebop and Rocksteady, man. Krang confirmed. The Angry Birds movie? I know we're all very excited about that one. The trailer was good. Just saying out there. No. Trailer was good. Stop it. What's no. that movie with the sloth that we kept seeing over Zootopia? And over yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Thanks. That was really funny the first time. The second time it's it was like, not why? funny. The third time I was like, God damn it. They had to play this whole scene. It's like a five-minute long trailer. Yep. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Oh, we have The Huntsman, which is a, a prequel, sequel to the They, right? they no. took out the worst part of the movie, and they added Emily Blunt and Jessica Chastain. It might be better. That's what I'm saying. You no. take out you take out the worst part of the movie. It's Thor with Jessica Chastain. You, you wouldn't happen to be now. talking about Kristen Stewart, would you? Well, I mean, I don't want to say her name because I saw American Ultra, and I really – I walked out of that movie, and I was like – my girlfriend's like, what? I'm like, stupid Max Landis made me like – Kristen Stewart, <laughs> like he made me do it. That's another Max yeah. Landis joke. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Watched it over Christmas, loved it. Yeah, yeah. thought she was great. I, yeah, gr- uh, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for you. Oh, happy oh for and, and I had to watch Twilight over Christmas break too. It wasn't all fun. That I'm not happy sure. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because I love my girlfriend. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> as long as she's happy, I'm happy. Don't we all? Gods of Egypt was another trailer that was before this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Wait, what was that again? <laughs> there are so many white people in an Egyptian movie it's that it, it made me hurt. Like, my eyes hurt. I'm just like, like, if you, you pull, doing? I'm like a five-year-old child, and if you can pull me out of a movie, you're, yeah. Plus, he's got basically like an Iron Man suit or something, yeah. and I don't get that. It doesn't look. Gerard Butler, why? Yeah. Look, guys, I'd like to tell you about the biggest blockbuster coming up, and I've been holding this in the whole time. It's not like you're going to choke up here. My number one recommendation for 2016, it's going to blow your minds. It's called Norm of the North, all right, in which Rob Schneider plays a CGI <laughs> polar bear. Rob Schneider <laughs> plays a polar bear. Rob Schneider in the stapler. Oh, my God, how did I come to the stapler? <laughs> Rob Schneider, the polar bear, doesn't know how to hunt, but he does possess the unique ability to talk to humans. Oh, God. When the wealthy Mr. Green, played by Ken Jeong of, uh, of Hangover fame, mm-hmm. unveils his idea to build luxury houses in the Arctic. <laughs> Just stop. No, this is Richie Rich with a polar bear or what? Norm realizes that his beloved home is in jeopardy. Record scratch. Now he's got to go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> where a polar bear is going to have to learn in the harsh climate of Wall Street. It's got like some peppy music behind right, it. Like, do, 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 do. The only yep. time I'm ever going to ever see a Rob Schneider movie again is if... Hot, hot it, chick is on TV. <laughs> <laughs> do Spigolo 3. Let me finish. Is if he doesn't have the ability to talk to humans. <laughs> well, it's out right now. And here's some, here's some critic reviews. Uh, AV Club says, Not Seth's Bratz. Has this writer seen a screenplay so carelessly written? A sort of Dear John letter to Hollywood that goes out of its way to paint actors and directors as megalomaniacal idiots. I love it. Beautiful. Four stars. Norm of the North reps an underwhelming first foray into feature-length animation for Splash Entertainment, who apparently, I guess, is making this movie. Anything that has Rob Schneider attached to it, you should know better. Yeah. (laughs) Special place in your heart. Yeah. What else we got? Anything else? That's that's pretty much the the biggest stuff, for that's, the most part. That's pretty cool. That's new stuff coming up. The good thing about being in the time that we are in right now is that old movies, movies from last year, are getting pretty big play right now. The Oscars are about to happen here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Oscar nods uh, abundant. We're gonna go to our uh, our Oscar correspondent live from the red carpet. Tyler's been camped out there for a couple weeks now, getting ready for the production. Yep. Tyler, are you? Uh, can, how am I coming in over the the satellite feed? You're sounding pretty good, Malachi. I can hear you. Have you gotten a chance to shave it all yet? No, that's that's not. No, it seems I, like I, there's about a one second delay. That's you know we're sending the signal all the way out to to Hollywood and back. Are you well, gonna, 
I just watched Revenant last night, so my beard game, I feel like I need to be on point yeah. right now. Absolutely. Is Leo going to get an Oscar? I want him to. Yeah? Um, I, think this is, I think this is his year because his big competition is Michael Fassbender from Steve Jobs. Fassbender. Um, and I just feel like... Every time. Fassbender. <laughs> Dinkelberg. Um, so, <laughs> The Revenant... The whole time I was watching that movie, I didn't realize I wasn't breathing until the end of the movie when everyone was like, <gasps> you know what I mean? And the then, like, seriously, and it's just, I live in Michigan. It gets cold here. Any shit compared to the cold that Leonardo DiCaprio. And then, every, I was telling me, okay, every single person in that movie was the best that I think I've ever seen. Tom Hardy, best I've ever seen Tom Hardy. Do you think Tom's going to get the Oscar? He should. I think Tom Hardy yes. has a better chance of getting supporting actor than Leo has for getting Which best actor. Which is really actor. sad. It is it sad is because sad. I think we're going to see The Revenant get – although if if Spotlight wins Best Picture, I won't be upset because that movie – if you're a journalism major, watch Spotlight. I'm telling you right now. If you are a journalism major, watch the movie Spotlight. But to me, in my opinion, The Revenant to me was the best movie of the year. Inaratu should get another Best Director movie because I've never, not since Lawrence of Arabia, have I seen a movie so beautiful. There were just scenes where he's just filming nature, and I'm just like, I could sit here and watch this all day. That's I mean, a tall it's just, order, man. No, seriously. And the, the, the natural lighting, perfect. The only time they didn't use natural lighting is at night with campfire scenes because it was so dark you couldn't see the actors. But, I mean, the movie was, it was my favorite movie of the year. Um, best Actress, I think, it should be Claire Blanchett um, from Carol. It's an amazing movie. Go Kate, see it. Kate Blanchett. Thank yeah, you. sorry, Carol. What did I say? <laughs> Claire Blanchett. Claire. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm not looking at a list. So I'm trying to make sure I don't forget anything. This is Claire Danes um, and uh, Kate Blanchett like yes, together. Thank you because she's in. So okay. I got you. I know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> best supporting actress. I think it should be Alicia Vikander for the Danish girl because even though I didn't say that I liked that I didn't like that movie she was the best one Alicia Vikander if you don't know her go watch any movie she's ever been in she will be your favorite part of the movie I just watched The Man from Uncle which was good if you love if you like the show Archer watch it's a great movie I liked The Man from Uncle more than Spectre Guy Ritchie did that didn't he yes it felt great it felt like a Guy Ritchie movie and and, and I I agree it's not his best movie but like I said I liked it more than Spectre that movie kind of came out of nowhere in a year that we got James Bond we got Kingsman and we got this movie I go Kingsman best spy okay actually I go Kingsman best spy movie to me of the year followed by Mission Impossible Rogue Nation oh I forgot about that one then followed by uh, Man from Uncle with Spectre last and I never thought I would ever say Spectre would be last a lot of people were underwhelmed man um but they had her in there for the Danish Girl. I wish, personally, they would have had her in for Ex Machina. Because even though that it's way back in March that Ex Machina came back, people forget about it. Ex Machina is the best sci-fi movie I, I have seen in a couple years. And it was one of my favorite movies all year until The Revenant came out. Um, Mad Max, I hope Mad Max wins a lot of stuff. I think it will. Um, yeah. it, got, it got way nominated way more than I thought it would. So I just anything that it's in, I hope. Good it for works. him, man. George yeah. Miller's amazing, and that movie was fantastic. I think a lot of people doubted that he could. He put in the first trailer, like from the mastermind of of George Miller, and people were like, "Yeah, right." That whatever. trailer was but, amazing. That yeah. that Mad Max trailer with the music and just, just everything about it. It totally lived up to everything I thought it was. And then be. and and there were some snobs though. To me, the two biggest snobs of the year. You mean snobs? Snobs, snobs or snubs? Dude, snobs. Well, the Oscar snobs snub it. There's just so many snobs. my brain. There's so many snobs I'm in the just, Academy. I guess I'm trying not to forget anything. Um, so you're making up words or using wrong words? <laughs> Ryan Coogler should have got some kind of recognition for directing Creed because Creed was amazing. How is it that Sylvester Stallone gets nominated for Best Supporting and Michael B. Jordan doesn't get anything? Because if you – did you see Creed? Yeah. That's, have you ever seen Sylvester Stallone actually? No, act? no, no. I don't think he's. I don't think it's not valid for him to get. It. I think he did a really good job. But it's weird that no recognition because, for Michael B. Jordan. Because the, the, the reason why is Michael B. Jordan was the star of the movie. So if he's going to get nominated, it would be for best actor. Okay. Then you look at the best acting group we have now. You have to. You kind of like go, who am I taking out to put Michael B. Jordan in? I like Michael B. Jordan a lot, but I can't see someone in there that I would take out in his place. But I do agree with everyone else who's saying there's a lack of color in the Oscars. Yeah. It's huge. Sh- and that's another, say- and that's, and another thing. 
Big time. Uh, straight out of Compton, I think was it kind of had some more snubs, or some people could have been yes. from Straight Out of Compton. And yet, who got nominated? The white screenwriters. The Oscars yeah, are racist. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'll <laughs> well, say it right now. The Oscars are Big old. School. They're Oscars old. Are racist. <clears throat> the, the problem with the Oscars is it, it's old school Hollywood, and until they don't have to start putting because everyone's big argument is like a movie like Spotlight or you know like. Um, Carol or all these other movies, not a lot of people saw them, but why are they best pictures? It's because they are good movies. Let me ex- explain They this. just need to start bringing in the more mainstream movies to get people like us to go want to watch In the 2008, they expanded the best picture category from eight picks mm-hmm. to ten picks because they thought it was a total snub, not a snob, <laughs> that Dark Knight didn't get any recognition. Mm-hmm. So they bumped it up to ten. This year, when they did their picks, there are only eight Mm-hmm. Best picture classifications, meaning they had two left over that they could have filled easily. And instead of being like, let's just give one to straight out of Compton because, you know, we have space oh, left over. No, I agree with you. They chose not to. And that is blatant, blatant. I mean, you don't have anything for straight out of Compton. You don't have anything for Cic- for Cicero, right? Yeah. Cicero, Cicero, how do we say Sicario? it? Sicario. Sicario, whatever. Sicario was also really good. Yep. No Benicio del Toro. No, no yeah. Hispanics. I'm, I want I want yeah. Benicio in Star Wars Episode Eight to be his character from Sicario, like the same type of character, General Thrawn. I'm calling it. It's just weird that like the movies that do do really well are like Twelve Years a Slave and like Django and like other ones that are like. Like, we ha- white people have to feel bad about slavery for the movies to, like, get recognized in a critical way. Selma barely got recognized. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Which was a bummer, too. Now that's Yeah. Like I said, I don't want to get too into it because if I get off on a tangent, because I could talk about, a, I could do a whole podcast on the Oscars. <laughs> so, that just, to, I was kind of upset when I didn't see anything for Creed or for, like, really anything for Straight Outta Compton. You know, stuff like that. Well, the physicality oh, that, that he brought to that role can't be ignored either. I mean, that was him oh, in the ring. Yeah. I mean, and and then we were talking about Beast of No Nation. Mm-hmm. And, still, yeah. In order yeah. to be Oscar, like you can to be able to be cat, um, like to be so you can actually get nominated in the Oscar. You had there's two criteria. You have to play in a, a single movie theater in L.A. and a single movie theater in New York. As long as you do that, you can be nominated for an Oscar. I think again, this is going back to the Oscars are old school Hollywood. It was on Netflix, so I think you got all those heidi tidy guys from the Oscar going, why are we going to nominate this? For, why are we going to nominate this thing off of Netflix when we have all these movies, you know, throughout the year? And it, to me, that movie deserved to be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, and it makes total sense. However, there's got to be there's going to be a time where either a people realize some of the transgressions that the Oscars have <coughs> perpetrated against. I think that's already happening. No, you're you're totally right. I think right. that they're already starting to lose credibility. You are, and then also at the same time, when you bring up the Netflix thing, like it's only a matter of time until like they're gonna have to make the transition, right? So I was we always talk about this in our in our industry with the newspapers, right? Someone once told us from I was Chris Hyatt, I believe, came in and told us, talked to us one day, um, and said, you know, sadly we still do print because people have not made the transition. Yeah, and people refuse to. It's the same thing with Netflix, right? There's got to be a time where the Academy is going to have to realize that these other modes and these other like streams of media that are feeding us content that are that good need to be recognized outside the realm of just straight-up film. And they're not even using films in movie theaters anymore. So this whole argument about, it, oh, it's a digital stream, they're already using that technology. There's no reason why they can make that argument or that excuse. Yeah. I, I think it's BS. Well, I'm bummed out. You know what else is going to bum us out? 2016 sucks so far. Yeah. We lost a lot of good, uh, a lot of fallen heroes already, man. Yep. Yep. Some in music, some in movies. Very un... I think all of them were, like, surprises too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't see any of them. Yeah, and they're all all cancer deaths. And I just, I don't... Oddly enough, yeah. And I don't know, Kelsey's going to be able to touch on this more, but I think Alan Rickman, I believe from what I've heard, he knew he had cancer but did not know how severe his cancer was. Which is why he wasn't very public about it. So when we found out he had passed away from cancer, everyone's like, whoa, he had cancer? And it's like, yeah, he knew, but he didn't know how bad it was. So I think it, it was kind of a surprise to even people who were close to him. It was a surprise to Lemmy. Yep. Uh, Lemmy got diagnosed with his cancer about four days before he died, like a week maybe even. And they, you know, they knew it was bad, but then it just like that. I was talking to actually my doctor about that because my doctor's like a huge metal fan. 
which is really funny. He actually, uh, he, no, I don't, Well, what's more metal than it, being a doctor? It's what he claims. <laughs> I'll do this very quickly. He claims that he was at a Danzig show once, you know, in the 90s, and that their drummer dislocated his, his shoulder while playing. And there was the classic thing, is there a doctor in the house? He's yeah. like, well, I happen to be a DO and a, a, an army surgeon. Yeah. You know? They're like, oh, and he popped his shoulder back in, and then they got to hang out with Danzig afterwards. That's bullshit. Whatever. <laughs> but the point is, is that, you know, he probably Lemmy probably had a blood cancer to go that fast. Jeez, that's awful. And then Bowie. Yeah. Bowie. Bowie with um, 18-month-long battle with cancer. Totally private. He was supposed to have a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy too. I know. Oh no! Yeah. And James and, Gunn came out and said, that oh. he was gonna, and he was making a follow-up album. He was already making a follow-up album God. while he was dying. And of let's not forget about Labyrinth too. God, that yep. sucks. Yeah. So, well, if you want to hear some some poignant and really wellly well articulated, wellly better wellly. articulated than I could even say that. Uh, Retrospect on David Bowie. Ben recorded a podcast the other day. It's on our on our live channel too. Uh, so go check that out. And then for, as far as Alan uh, Rickman's concerned, we have our boss over here, Kelsey Fassos, I believe, who would like to say something. Yeah, since we don't really know that much about Harry Potter, and she does, we're going to just leave everything Speak for yourself, her. Ben, but I'm going to let the experts <laughs> talk. Since I don't know anything about Harry Potter, and I'm sure Malachi doesn't want to get into this either, we're going to let Kelsey take all of this. That's, that's fair. All right, so I'm going to start off by saying, like, Harry Potter was definitely my um, transition into nerddom because I started reading that when it like first came out and I was like five years old I read the first book so like this has been like and the last book came out when I graduated high school or no, the last movie came out the year I graduated high school so this like basically my, my entire childhood was like reading and watching these movies so like Alan Rickman I like I after I heard I went on IMDb and I realized how many movies I've seen with Alan Rickman and the first one I saw was Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest is such a good movie. Brilliant, brilliant parody movie. Amazing. That was that was my first introduction to Alan Rickman. Um, and he's been in so many things that I, I... It took me a long time to realize, like, how many things I've seen with him in it. You know, he's got Harry Potter, uh, CBGB. I just watched that literally the day before he died. Wow. Yeah, that was insane. You know, Sweeney Todd, Hitchhiker's Guide... To the Galaxy. Yeah. I loved that movie. Me and my brothers watched that over and over again. What is he in, in Hitchhiker? Is he the robot? Yeah, he's the robot. Marvin. That's what I thought. Actually, um, he, like, so he was the voice, but there was an actor inside of the, the like, suit. It was Warwick Davis, who was in Harry Potter with him. So they ended up playing the same character together. That's pretty cool. Um, Leprechaun. You know, we've got Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Die Hard. He was of course, yeah. of course. Uh, Die Hard, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Cheers to that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, see, that's the thing. Everybody's all worked up about this Snape thing. I was just like, yeah, Hans Gruber. Dude. Hans Gruber's Hans gone, Gruber's bro. Dead. And Metatron from Dogma. By yep, the way. I was gonna bring. You didn't let me finish. I, Dogma's on my list, man. <laughs> Talk about Dogma. It's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I had to say. <laughs> It was on my list of movies to go over. You know, I watch that with my dad all the time. I'm sorry, Kelsey. It's, it's okay. The moment's just ruined. What, what else is on the list? Because I forgot about, like, a lot of these. <laughs> I know. Um, I think those were the ones that I had really seen, to be honest. Yeah. That was, like, the last one on my list of... He's been in so many more. Um, but I read... Um, Dana Redcliffe kind of, like, talked about it after he died. and He was saying that, like... Um, Alan Rickman, like, really treated him as an equal, like, even, like, from the get-go in these movies. He, you know, he started off as an 11-year-old kid, and he totally treated him as an equal as, like, another actor and was super supportive, would go to see any, like, he was the type of guy that would go and see anything that you were in, like, um, he went to all of his shows and stuff like that, and if you if you even mentioned that you were good, you were in it, like, he was there. Like, he would always make time for other people, and just a great, a great man. Um, he's actually featured twice on Times Online 50 Best Movie Villains, 41st for the Sheriff of Nottingham, and 10th for Hans Gruber. That's good. That's a good ranking. Oh, yeah. Hans Gruber number 10 is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, actually, I found out while I was doing research for this, um, he was also a graphic designer, which I thought was really interesting. I did hear that. I heard someone say that on Facebook. Yeah, and I thought that was way cool because I'm a huge graphic design nerd. Now, okay, so this is the only piece of, like, of like J.K. Rowling trivia that I actually know, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of funny. And someone actually said this to me the other day: is that um, 
as J.K. Rowling was writing these books, along with the movies that were coming out at the same time, kind of too, because she had right. not she had not, she hadn't finished all of her books. Right. right. The first couple movies were being made. Right. She actually said that when she saw Alan Rickman as Snape, she changed the idea of what Snape was in her head and the way that she wrote him wow. to be more akin to the way Alan Rickman would play the role. Interesting. So that's why if you go, I mean, I did. See, I have seen the last couple movies, like the last like three or four, you know. I own them all on Blu-ray. We can marathon them. That would be great. Let's do that. But then the last the last couple, three, are, I mean, even the split number seven is, is really good. I yeah. think Prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite. That, one. that one's that's my favorite. Amazing. That one's really well shot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I was reading it, she, like, fought hard to have him cast it as, as Snape. Oh, yeah. um, they actually were planning on going with somebody else, and the only reason he got it was because that actor decided not to do it. They were going to go with John um, Belushi. Yeah. Well, he was kidding. he was really dead, so. Yeah. Um, oh, I meant to say Jim. Damn. Which would have been, he would have been really dead. I, I knew what you meant. See, unlike Ben, I don't correct people. I knew what he meant, when, too, but yeah. I'm going to make fun of him. Yeah. How are those snobs treating you? Well, who's <laughs> quit being a snub, dude? Um, hopefully, hopefully nobody else gets axed here. Yeah. It's already been a lot for the, for the beginning of this Yeah, year. it's really hard. Within the span of like a week. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, and like I said, I was just—I mean—I thought it was a joke when I first read it. Because yeah. same thing with the Bowie thing. Because right before Bowie actually died, like a couple weeks before, there was like a David Bowie is dead hoax that was going around. Well, that's been going on for like yeah. a year too. And then so then when Scary. I then I was like, oh wow. And then you know then then I hear Alan Rickman, and I was just like, whoa, you know. Yeah, it was um, definitely it, a yeah. tough thing. It's well, it's interesting because like you know. That's kind of a face I grew up seeing, and mm-hmm. you don't think about it until they're until they're gone. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. We've got brand new equipment in here, so hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better on this episode. We actually all have mics now. We are recording on Saturday, so we get a little bit more time. So hopefully you guys like the extended format. We can kind of loosen it up a little bit. And we really do have some solid ideas for this third season. We say that a lot. It's true. But no, but this is what's going on for Bang, because Malachi is leaving us after yeah, this season. Yeah, this is it. And this Kelsey is, is potentially leaving us maybe after this season, too. Are you sticking around? I'm sticking around. Sweet. But uh, the patriarch might be gone. So yep. we're going to do something big. Like out. never seen before. Yep. Never Should be good. seen. Uh, yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. We're going to release on Mondays. So you'll be listening mm-hmm. to this on Monday. You already know that because you're in the future. Absolutely. So enjoy your hover boots and all that stuff. But as you as you listen to us, you can always still listen to us on our iTunes channel. You can always listen to us on SoundCloud or at uh, cm-life.com on our actual website. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and at, on Facebook. At Raving Geeks. At Raving Geeks. They finally gave me the password, so now it'll actually be funny. Lots of posts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because we weren't funny before. I've, I've done one Twitter post, and I was pretty happy with it. That's so I, just, I went out batting a thousand. So. Good. We're all very satisfied <laughs> with our social media president. <laughs> Thank We're gonna great. do some of these on Periscope too. We should have done that today. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, we'll get we'll get that happening. We'll get some video going too. All very cool stuff. But either way, no matter how you guys see us, how you check us out, you can always check us out. Same bat time, same bat network. Thank you very much. <laughs>